Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new podcast on the Studio DNA Network hosted by yours truly, Drew Douglas and Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up. Welcome, everybody, to episode 107 of Disney Plus Reviews, finally, after a few weeks off. I'm, I'm Phil Souza, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, but he's also such a cad and the bane of my existence. It's Grant Youngsma. What's up, Grant? Not much, Phil. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been weeks. It's been like almost a month, I think, since we recorded. Um, yeah. I'll basically kind of catch people up, so like, no, no like death in the family or anything like super bizarre but my wife so my wife got really sick the, la- the last time we were supposed to record we were supposed to get together with uh, you and Caitlin do Enchanted a few weeks ago my wife was so sick that she was basically kind of bedridden and um, like I'm the only other one that can take care of two girls and so I was like I can't I can't leave the house I can't be gone for two hours like that's just not going to happen and then so she you know we kind of breezed through that we can we're like we'll just take one week off well, then the following week, I get her illness and I'm sick for like two straight weeks, basically from like a, a Wednesday through another Wednesday through to the next Wednesday, which as we're recording, this was a couple of days ago. I really didn't start feeling good until I like 14 days had passed from my first symptom. So it wasn't COVID. I got tested for COVID. I got tested for flu. It wasn't anything like that. It was just like a really bad sinus infection. And it was one of those things where it just kind of came and went and went up and down. And I just really like felt really, really terrible. I took several days off of work and um, it was pretty bad. So um, anyways, I, here we are in February and I'm, I'm just now feeling better. Um, I think the last time you and I recorded was like early January. So that's the longest yeah. we've ever, ever been gone. We've taken a week off here, a week off there, here and there. But yeah, this was uh, definitely an a, a extended hiatus from the show. And um, I'm both of us were eager to get back and, and record. So um happy snowmageddon we're like we're here in the ozarks a lot of the about half of the country right now is having like a foot of snow and stuff like that all <laughs> over the I, th- I i read the colorado springs is um just yesterday got like 20 inches in like a 24-hour period yeah so we're not quite that bad here we're um about eight inches eight or nine maybe um total and so you know roads are kind of bad and um grant grant and i just decided to do do this one over zoom so if the audio is a little you know not as our you know high quality that we try to do with the show we apologize but uh, we're doing this from our our homes just to get the the show out to you today so um if you're just joining us for this podcast we're an unofficial disney plus podcast reviewing the most popular stuff on disney plus and we have a heck of a lot of boba fett to get to Um, basically because of that time off um believe it or not we're gonna we're going to blow through four episodes of book, book of Boba Fett. That's how long it's been since we recorded. So today we're going to be talking about episodes, 
at three, four, five, and six. So not, not the finale. If you're, you know, listening to this and the finale is already released, um, you know, listening to this a few days late, we have not seen the finale as of this recording. So we're not going to be covering that, but we are going to be talking about all four of the episodes that precede it. So that's kind of the plan for today because of all that we're tabling enchanted again. It's been like three, three uh, postpones on that, <laughs> but uh, we will eventually get to enchanted probably not until next month. Cause we've got a bunch of plans for February, but, um, but yeah, uh, we've got a bunch of Bo- book of Boba Fett to catch up on. So that's pretty much all we have time to, to get through today. So, but Someday before we get we'll in, cover enchanted. Yeah, we, it will happen. Uh, one of these days, I know Caitlin's excited. I'm really excited. Uh, to get into Enchanted. I haven't seen it since, probably since the first release, so I'm excited to see it again. But um, before we get into Book of Boba Fett, Grant, we need to talk about some news. There's been some pretty huge news stories over the last few weeks. Um, yeah. what, did you, what did you want to talk about? Um, well, there are a couple um, that, well, first we're getting a Santa Claus <laughs> TV series, or straight to Disney plus series and it's going to have Tim Allen and I can't remember what his wife's name is, but the, yeah, the actress's name is Elizabeth Mitchell. I think Um, I don't remember her character's name, but so she is coming back now too. So this is very interesting and not really sure what direction they're going to head with this, but I guess if you're a fan of the Santa Claus movies, it's a big get coming to Disney plus. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a huge series, obviously a trilogy of movies. Uh, we reviewed the, the first one right in mm-hmm. December uh, recently on our podcast. So you don't have to go back very far because we took so, several weeks off uh, the last month, but um probably four or five episodes back, we reviewed the, did like a 2021 review of the first Santa Claus movie. And, um, you know, basically our synopsis on that was it, it holds up like that movie's still really, really good, really funny yeah, now. So, for sure. um, much older Tim Allen. I mean, that's worth saying. Um, it's, you know, it's not going to be the home improvement Tim Allen that, that we're used to, um, just cause mm-hmm. you know, it's been so many years since those movies released. Um, probably all, almost 15 or so from, from the first movie, maybe no, a lot longer. Cause the first one came out in the nineties, right? Yeah. So like 94 ish, 95, okay. something like that. I probably all three of them came out in the nineties. Um, I'd have to look that up, but yeah, it's been a long time for this character. And I, a, I think it's cool that Tim Allen is like, yeah, I'll come back and do that character. Scott Allen, like, let's do it. <laughs> like, I, I think that's yeah. really cool, cool of him to do that. Um, Elizabeth Mitchell, you know, he's a big time actor, Elizabeth Mitchell, maybe more B list, you know, you've seen her in a couple of things, but she's not like, mm-hmm. you know, a frontliner. Um, so, you know, I'm sure she's thrilled just to, you know, work and, and, and do that, that character again. Um, this is almost certainly going to release during the holiday season. Um, yeah, you they, assume so. Did they say, is it coming this year? Mm, I can't remember what. I don't think there was a date, but okay. you would assume it'll either be this Christmas or next Christmas. It'll be yeah. in the Christmas season. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think that'll be that'll be cool. Like I, I'm excited to see what they would do with like a 2022 
2023 version of the Santa Claus, like with modern technology, because a lot of the movie is about like, you know, the technology side of Santa Claus. Like, how do we pull off Mm -hmm. doing this impossible feat in one night type of thing? Um, And so, yeah, I can see them making a lot with, you know, the modern tech that we have now, uh, drones or I don't know what they're going to do, but like, it could be kind of interesting how they, how they shoot that. Um, I'm reading that production has not even started yet. So um, they're looking yeah. at uh, maybe starting to um, create the move or the series in March of this year. So my guess is it's probably not this year. It's probably, probably next year's when they'll release that unless they can just really yeah. turn it around fast, but. That's probably a good guess. And I mean, I've also seen articles where there's talks that maybe Charlie will take over as the new Santa Claus, which oh, and kind of cool. just start the cycle over again. Yeah, but I mean the premise of well, I mean I guess they could do this, but the premise of the Santa Claus is like Tim Allen has to die, like yeah, <laughs> for that to happen. So <laughs> that could be kind of dark, you know, dark ending or whatever to the yeah, show. Yeah, it but. could be. <laughs> but i mean if he's like you know old, like if they especially paint him as like someone who's really old um you know or in bad health or something like that it could be kind of a you know bittersweet ending but um mm-hmm. yeah interesting um but what everyone wants to know grant is bernard is bernard coming <laughs> back he's got Maybe. to right <laughs> i don't favorite. even know how old he is at this point i know um, I always loved Bernard's character. We talked about that when we reviewed the first Santa Claus movie, but um, his uh, kind of Boston, not, he doesn't have like an accent or anything, but kind of that Bostonian New York swagger that he has. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he's obviously the, the tallest person in the room uh, besides yeah. Santa. Um, I just, I don't know. I just really like his character a lot. He's, he's uh, intriguing and funny. So, but yeah, um, I'd like to see all three of them back, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Claus and, and Bernard, so mm-hmm. um, we'll see what they do. Uh, what was the other story you wanted to talk about? Um, also, while we were gone, they casted the replacement for Emilio Estevez. Oh, yeah. I forgot about this. Yeah, go, go, and, uh, go into that. And it comes in the form of, I never know how to pronounce his last name, but it's Josh. Is it Duhamel or Dumal? I don't it's know. D- yeah, I, it's D-U-H-A-M-E-L for people. But I have no idea how you pronounce it. But he yeah. is the replacement for Emilio Estevez. And no, he's not playing Gordon Bombay. He's coming in as a new coach slash trainer, I guess, is what yeah. it kind of reads. Yeah, Um obviously a huge departure from season one. Um, we, we loved season one, you know, Grant and I covered every episode of, of Mighty Ducks Game Changers and last, last year, last year when it came out. Um, yep. And um, super, we were just jonesing for another season. Please, you know, bring it as soon as possible. Um, we don't have to go into all the politics or whatever, but basically like Emilio Estevez, um, had like a bunch of COVID concerns. Um, like he just had some disagreements and stuff like that. And basically he's like, I'm, I'm not going to go. Like, I'm not going to go. If you guys are filming, I'm not, I won't be there. And so, you know, it came down to like, okay, what do we do now? And, you know, eventually Disney was like, 
okay, well, I guess we'll go on without you. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, his his character is is coming not coming back literally for just that reason, like just the the yeah. actor actor reason. There's not a story reason for it. I'm sure they'll come up with a story reason. Um, yeah, you would assume so. So I, uh, I like I'm I'm mixed. I have mixed feelings about this because. I'm so excited for a season two. two. For me, I, I mean, I love Bombay. I, he's one of my favorite characters from from the movies. Um, but uh, not having him is not like a um, a total like you know um, deal breaker for me. Like I I'm mm-hmm. there I'm there for the kids. Like the kids are are hilarious and awesome and compelling. And I got really into their stories and their personalities in the end of the first season. Um, Lauren Graham was super annoying to me the first half of the season, but she started <laughs> to become more endearing to me in the second half of the season where I really started to like, you know, kind of root for her towards the end. And so and all that is coming back. Like I'm assuming all the kids, same kids, Lauren Graham will still be back. Um, all the side characters will be back, the mo- other moms and stuff like that. So it's really only Emilio that is the big change. Um, mm-hmm. I there's been t- I don't know about Joshua Jackson. I don't know if anything has changed with that, but that was a big rumor last year that he might be in season two. So, um, I mean, I think for all of those reasons, I'm in. Like, I'm I'm excited for season two still, but at the same time, like, I kind of hate when they have to. I don't fault Emilio. He can do whatever he wants. I'm just saying like, I, I hate when they have to come up with a story reason to yeah. explain why a character is just missing. I mean, just gone. They had to do that with the second Mighty Ducks movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's kind of one of those things where it gets really difficult. Yeah. I, I mean, again, I'm still, I'm still there day one. I think it's going to be probably a great season, but it's, it's going to be super weird because like the whole thing with season one is that we didn't know how much Bombay was really going to be involved. Like we kind of assumed Mm -hmm. going before even watching the first episode that he's maybe not going to be in the, the season very much, like just kind of a background character, maybe not even in every episode. And then that to- totally changed on its face by the middle of the season. We're like, okay, he's like one of the main characters in the show. Yeah. And then at the, towards the end, of course, you know, spoilers for season one, he's basically the, the, co- the head coach. Like he's co-coaching with Lauren Graham's mm-hmm. character. It's, you know, he's, he's in it. He's in it to win it at the end of season one and opens up his ice rink that, you know, was kind of a, when we see it in the beginning of season one is like this crappy, like, no one would ever want to go to their ice rink. And, yeah. you know, now, now it's like the home of um, the don't, don't bothers. Is that what they, the ducks now? Oh, that's right. They changed their name to the ducks at the end. I gotta forget that. Um, so um, yeah, you know, it's like home of the ducks now. And then whoops, he's just not there anymore in season two. I have no idea how they're going to transition and turn that corner. Yeah. Not sure. It will be very interesting to see what choices they make. I mean, obviously it's Mighty Ducks, so I'm still gonna watch it. But yeah, um, you got you got to think that there's going to be some characters coming back too from the old series to uh, kind of make up for Emilio not being there. Yeah. So Joshua Jackson obviously is the biggest. Um, 
I don't know if it's even a rumor. Like, I think they pretty much like he's already gone on record and saying like, I want to come back. Um, yeah. And then, um, I mean, we talked about, we talked about this in season one, but you know, the, the, um, oh, I forget his name, the SNL guy. Um, Keenan Thompson. Yeah. I mean, he's huge. Like he would be a huge, huge get for season two, but I almost wonder, I mean, I'm not saying that Josh, do do Hamel do Hamel? I don't know how to pronounce his name. Yeah. Uh, is not a big actor. He's been in stuff I've mostly stuff I've not seen, but I know he's he's a household name for a lot of people. Um, but they, I mean, the whole fan servicey thing of season one was we have Gordon, like he's coming back, mm-hmm. and um, we did. They couldn't because of COVID, uh, different kinds of COVID uh, reasons, they couldn't get Josh uh, Jackson, and so you know, you hope that they have some kind of fan service, you know, that it's not just all new cast um, yeah. for season two, but I think it'll be fine either way. I just, I think what everyone wants to see is a little bit of nostalgia mixed with new stuff. That's, that's kind of the perfect mm-hmm. mix of a, a sandwich to, you know, to serve up. So, but yeah. So, I mean, still excited for it, but um It'll be different without Gordon. Yeah. I'll be very, I mean, they're good writers. Like I thought the writing was really, really good in season one, yeah. really solid stuff. Um, captivating oh, yeah, writing. For I, sure. I, I, be, I believed everything I was watching. So if anyone can do it, it's going to be them. But boy, I cannot, I wouldn't want to tackle that, that project of like, okay, so we pretty much like had this big cliffhanger at the end of season one, you mm-hmm. know, mostly surrounding Gordon Bombay. How do we spin out of this and come back in? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Surely it's going to be better than season two of high school musical. So I mean, nothing as long as it, (laughs) as long as it beats that. I mean, nothing, if you think, if you can't beat that, it's (laughs) really sad. (laughs) And yet, uh, High School Musical, the musical of the series is coming back for another season. So, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess anyone, can, anything can live. So, um, yeah, High School Musical season three is right up there with uh, Eternals 2 in my book. <laughs> Just can't wait to see it. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> um, okay, well, that, that's that's probably about it for discussion on that um we we need to talk marvel releases real quick before we get jump into book of boba fett so we'll kind of make this article number three news article number three but um so explain the the whole japanese leak thing i kind of (laughs) i kind of glanced at it when you sent it to me and that was like weeks ago that was i mean that's old news at this point it was like january 16th or something like that 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 dropped but so So, what happened i mean some like Japanese like website or something decided to leak a schedule of Marvel and it's all in Japanese. So you had to read down, but basically it talked about what order everything was going to come out in and the biggest, I mean, you and me kind of were just like, well, are they right? And so far they have been because the picture that they showed first was Moon Knight. And 
that is coming out first. So um, I would assume that this Japanese article has some legitimacy to it, but it doesn't, of course, give you dates. It just tells you what order they're coming out in. Yeah, and a couple of them don't didn't have dates. They were just like sometime in 2022 type of thing. Yeah. Um, like She-Hulk, there's no like month or anything. Um, but yeah, I, I think, wasn't it like just a couple of days after this leak that Disney actually came forward and were like, okay, cat's out of the bag. Yes, Moon Knight is coming March 30th or whatever. Like, Yeah, um, we got the trailer shortly after this article surfaced, so. But yeah, I think that was the first announcement of March of that date, March 30th, was like on this Japanese site that you know someone yeah. found and you know they probably shouldn't weren't supposed to post it or whatever. But um yeah, kind of I, I think it's funny when stuff like that happens, but yeah, it sure thank was you Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> I mean we, here we are in mid we were in mid-January and we're thinking, okay, what's Marvel, what's going on? Like, you know, you've been real quiet. You talked about you know postponing everything in 2022 cool but like i mean when's what's the schedule like what's what's coming out this year and what are you guys planning on doing and they've been strangely silent about it and so um you know it probably forced their hand and made them talk a little faster than they were planning on making announcements but um it sure is nice to know what what does the year look like this year um you you would think that disney would want their customers to know the plan so that they don't cancel their subscriptions <laughs> you know but yeah um whatever i i can't i can't um pretend to understand all the corporate decisions that they make but it is nice to know I, what's coming yeah i guess we can uh unveil what the japanese website's order was um yeah so c- coming after moon night will be doctor strange of course which we knew that was coming and then we're going to get she hulk and then we're going to get I Am Groot. Then we're going to get What If Season 2. Then we're going to get Thor Love and Thunder this summer. Then we're going to get Miss Marvel, Secret Invasion, and then Wakanda Forever. Yeah, so that's, quite a, one, that's quite a list. Yeah, once again, uh, it's going to be a big Marvel year. Yeah, it seems like so last year they did we we knew we were going to get three Marvel shows for sure last year and then they snuck in Hawkeye at the end, right? So um I think yeah, it was pretty much it was done by the end of 2021 like, you know, right before Christmas or right the week of Christmas I think was the final episode. Anyway, yeah. um so yeah, so they got four in last year from January all the way through the end of the year. It looks like we're going to get four more this year uh too. Mm-hmm. And then there's that. Um, did you mention the holiday special? The uh, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday no, special? No, I did not. It wasn't on that article, but that's supposedly coming out in December. Yeah, I think that was maybe something Disney announced after the leak or whatever. Um, they're saying late 2022, it's holiday special. So, you know, you assume between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, I, I would assume that's not a series, though. That's like like a yeah. one off, like a you know, 50 minute, 40, 40 minute holiday think. special. So, so four, did I count four series this year? Yes, and then Moon Knight, She-Hulk, What If, 
Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel. Yeah. So that's okay. So the same number of series last year as this year. And then the, I, I don't remember how, well, we only got, I mean, we got Spider-Man at the end of the year. We got, we got Shang- Spider-Man Shang-Chi. Eternals. Oh yeah. And yeah. Black Widow. Okay. So four movies last year and, and we're getting same number. three, three this year. Three, only three movies. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you count, were... unless you count Morbius as a no, that's yeah, that's like that's a Sony or whatever. Like that's yeah, like that's in the Sony verse. I mean, I guess it's mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't want to spoil too much for people who haven't seen Spider the recent Spider Man movie, but um, I it, yeah, I don't know. For me, that's still outside of like the Kevin Feige MCU type type stuff but yeah i mean I, i'm excited to see morbius for sure but it's not gonna be mm-hmm. like that movie won't be on disney plus so i i don't know i don't consider that to be like true mcu canon but um so yeah so one fewer movie than we got last year perhaps unless they move something up or whatever but that's not likely to happen so um but if you count the holiday specials like kind of a movie uh, who knows how long it's going to be? Um, you know, we're we're getting about the same amount of like hours of content this year, so um, that's good. I I think the last time you and I were talking about um, Marvel stuff, you know, it it was not like we were worried or anything, but it was like the the big uh, headline was you know everything's postponed <laughs> this this yeah. year, and and so we were kind of like, oh crap, like are we going how much like are we going to get anything in the spring, like? And uh, turns out Moon Knight's gonna be ready to go in the spring, and you know all is well. But um, yeah, it's it's just nice to know that like there's a ton of content coming, uh, stuff to be excited for. And then I'm sure Disney's excited just to have. There's a lot of people out there that are subscribed to Disney Plus only for Marvel. That's the only thing they care about. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think this is basically them saying, "Hey, stick with us. Don't cancel your subscriptions. Keep it running. Uh, we've got something for you almost every month. You know, February kind of being the one." The one exception so um yeah yeah i mean i would definitely i mean hash my bets on if you're a marvel or star wars fan you definitely need to just keep your subscription yeah yeah don't, don't cancel they it. Are, i mean they are definitely providing yeah there's gonna be a ton of stuff i'm super we'll get to, into a bunch of star wars stuff here here in a few minutes but um yeah i mean they're they're get, hit, they're hitting it out of the park with boba fett and they're not even done with star wars for this year so um yeah i'm pretty excited about that too of of this marvel list what 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 are the w- ones that stand out to you the most like what are you most excited to to see uh definitely excited for doctor strange um not sure how the war is going to be i mean i'm sure it's going to be good but i don't really know if i'm all for them kind of phasing out chris hemsworth and is he in is he in the movie at all he is in the movie okay but not sure how much and then so, so it's it's mainly female thor like it's it's jane yes as thor yeah um series wise i don't really know what i'm excited for series wise of course i'll watch it all but a lot of this stuff is unknown entities to me 
So um, not really sure why I'm excited. Moon Knight from the trailer, it looks kind of strange. Uh-huh. And I think the release of Moon Knight is very uh, at the right time because from what I've read about Doctor Strange is Doctor Strange is going to be like a borderline horror movie. And I feel like Mm. the Moon Knight show is starting to prepare you for that type of Marvel that we haven't gotten yet. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, Oscar Isaac is obviously amazing. So it's, it's hard not to be excited about it just from, from his like talent, you know, side of the spectrum um, of what they're going to deliver. So um yeah, I'm pretty pretty excited just to see what he can do in that character. And it's a character that, you know, I talked about this before on, on our podcast, but it's a character I don't know much about Moon Knight. Um, I know a lot about mm-hmm. other... I've, I've read a, a bunch of Marvel comics, but I've not read anything with Moon Knight. And I think he guessed, guessed it in one of the comics that I read once. But um, I really don't know much about his backgrounds. I know a little bit about his powers, but not like certainly not everything he can do. So I'm I'm just excited to jump into... I, I was there for Shang-Chi as well. Like yeah. give me a, a character I don't know anything about and make me love this character. They pulled it off of Shang-Chi instantly. I love, I love him. And I'm really, I'm hoping that they can duplicate that again for, for Moon Knight. So, um, so we'll see. Um, I saw that Chris Pratt and maybe some other guardians are going to be in um, Thor Love and Thunder. So that, that gets me yeah. excited. I'm, I'm always down for Chris Pratt. Um, listeners of the show will know, you know, number one for me, probably this year is, is Miss Marvel. Um, it's Miss Marvel is one of those that I am, you've had this before where like you read the book or whatever, and you love, you love the thing and you're like, so excited to see what they do with your, like one of your favorite characters of all time, um, Mm -hmm. on, on the screen, but you're also like super nervous. That's exactly where I'm at with, with Ms. Marvel. Um, I'm not like loving what I've seen from like screenshots and trailers and stuff so far teasers. So um, I'm hoping that they, they can pull it off and they certainly have done that many, many times before. So I shouldn't be too worried, but um, what they're doing with her powers is a little off from the comics, um, which I'm okay with. I'm trying not to be purist about it, but I <laughs> Miss Marvel is legit like top three comic book characters of all time for me. So um, I'm I'm really I mean like I have Miss Marvel on like on my iPhone case. Like she's one she's legit one of my favorite characters. So um, I'm I'm really excited to see how they treat her. Um, I'm just really really nervous. So we'll see. Yeah. I we'll find out this summer if if I had any reason to, to feel nervous, but. Um, and then Wakanda forever, man, it's, it's hard not to be excited to see what they do. You know, they, obviously they were not planning originally to do this without Chadwick. Um, so that's, you know, a huge bummer and say, talk about, you know, re, re, uh, scripting stuff, you know, mm-hmm. you know, uh, game changers is like nothing compared to like Chadwick is no longer with us. Uh, never will be in another movie. Um, so they have to go a completely different direction with what they were originally planning for this movie. But I'm excited to see Shuri, um, T'Challa's sister kind of take some of the lead. She's, you know, apparently like the leader of Wakanda now and kind of taking on the, the, the duty of the, of the black Panther. But, um, there's a lot of mysterious, like we don't really know, uh, what's going on with the film. So, um, 
so that the, that mystery has me intrigued. And then um, I wouldn't, I would say she's more like a, maybe like a, a top 10 or top 15 character, but uh, Ironheart in, from Marvel comics, I've read a bunch of her comics and she is going to show up for the first time in the Wakanda forever movie. So um, <laughs> I'm excited to see what they do with Riri, Riri Williams. Who's the girl that, um, that becomes Ironheart in the comics and is coming to MCU. So, so we'll see what happens there. Um, Bruce Banner's, I mean, um, uh, what's his name? Mark, Mark Ruffalo is going to be in yep. She-Hulk, which is going to be cool. Um, Tim Roth is coming back as Abomination, which I'm like, okay. Like, um, <laughs> he was he was in like the original, like 2008 um, Incredible mm-hmm. Hulk film. So um, yeah, that's bizarre to me, but um, you know, uh, okay. So that I, I'm that one's more of like, I don't know about this one, but I mean. I'm willing to go in with open eyes and like, you know, you know, be ready yeah. for you to wow me with it. So, so I yeah, those are the some biggest question mark movie wise for me is probably Wakanda forever. Cause there's two ways that you could go about this. It could absolutely just be a hit or this could fall flat on their face. Yeah. And it could end up being one of those movies where, for years, people are just like, Marvel, why did you even think about making another one without Chadwick? Yeah. Yeah, that, I, I forget what the ranking is um, on like Rotten Tomatoes, whatever, but like the, whenever you and I look at rankings of Marvel movies, Black Panther is always in like the top three or four. Yeah. It's like way mm-hmm. up there, like out of the 26 or whatever that they've done. Um, it's it's one of the most beloved Marvel movies of all time. And then your main star dies, you know, the same, yeah. you know, within, within a year or whatever, after the movie coming out. And so, um, yeah, going forward with it, you know, it's, it's going to be, they have a lot to prove that this is not just like a, a cash grab, you know, ca- capitalizing on someone's death. Um, I don't think that that's where they're coming from at all. Um, I think they would probably maybe even be offended that I even said that, but like, I, I, I do, I do think that they have something to prove with the movie and, and, you know, if it, if it falls flat, like you said, I think it's going to be, um, I think there's going to be kind of egg on their face a little bit of like, yeah, you know, Hey, you guys, you know, you probably knew you couldn't do this without Chadwick Boseman or couldn't do it, you know, couldn't, would never live up to the original movie. So, but you went forward anyways, you know? So yeah, I'm interested to see what the fallout is of that movie. But, all right, Grant, should we get into some. Boba Fett, we got a lot to cover. Yeah, let's do it. Um, I think we'll probably give more weight to episodes five and six, um, and we'll, yes. we'll have a lot to say when we get to those. Um, I do want to cover them in order so that you know people who haven't seen the last couple episodes have just been behind or whatever. We're not spoiling stuff that happens in five and six. So you can stick with us if you've not seen the last couple episodes. We're not going to get there for a little bit. Um, my guess is we'll probably spend about maybe five or 10 minutes on, on episode three and four, and then maybe a, a few more minutes than that on the last couple episodes. Uh, and then we'll wrap up the show with um, what's coming up on, on Disney plus. So um, yeah, let's get into, let's get in, Yeah. Let's get into episode three. Um, so 
um boy it's been like i don't know when you saw episode three i just i saw all four episodes in a row last night i just i had been really behind yeah. against six so like i i just I, I wasn't feeling up to doing uh, watching of any kind i just was basically laying in bed um so i i kind of had to catch up and watch them all in a row but some people who are listening to this episode of our podcast they haven't seen this episode in like a month so we're gonna kind of mm-hmm. have to like <laughs> like remind them of some of the things that happen um what what do you remember from this episode? What are some things you want to kind of launch into? Yeah, this is the only one that I did not watch last night. Um, Cause I actually watched this one maybe like within a day or so of it releasing. Oh, it's but, been a while. Okay. Um, my biggest takeaway from it. I, I really don't have much to say about sure. this one, but it probably in this episode, it definitely probably had one of the moments where you're just like, what on earth are they trying to prove? Are we back to the eighties star Wars filming? And <laughs> you, you know exactly where I'm talking about that <laughs> chase scene looked like we were straight out of like the, 1980s 1970s because they're literally going these vehicles can go super fast but yeah this chase scene with the mayor's assistant there it literally looks like they're probably going like five miles per hour yeah it's really slow yeah yeah and yeah. so that's probably my biggest takeaway from this one <laughs> where it was just like that's something that I will remember, but Star Wars, I mean, Kevin Feige, not Kevin Feige, Filoni, uh, that's probably something he doesn't want people to remember. <laughs> yeah. Because it was just kind of like, what on earth is happening? And probably my other biggest takeaway from this is um that boba fett now has kind of a posse i would go with now that he's kind of growing like a crew type now with this like biker gang and i guess they can they're all right with combat i mean they're not the greatest thing but right. at least gives them an extra body or two. Yeah, I I wasn't sure how I felt about like these millennials that were like coming in, you know, to join his crew or whatever. At, at first, I thought I, was, I thought okay, these kids are like completely, you know, high on themselves, and who cares about them? But the whole like exchange with the farmer, the 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 water farmer or whatever, where mm-hmm. he's like, like he goes there you know, he's the water farmer comes to Boba and is like, Hey, tell these kids to like, you know, to pay me or whatever. And, you know, they've been stealing my water. And um, so he goes out there to basically, you know, control the town. Like he's, you know, he's the mafia basically. And so he, he goes like, he's going to, you know, step on their necks or whatever. And then it turns out that he's been charging like 1300 credits for water. <laughs> and it's, it, I mean, the, the water is only worth like maybe 500 at the most. And, um, 
so basically once he finds, you know, that's the part of the story he didn't tell him. And so like when he gets there and he finds out, oh, that's what's going on here. No wonder they're stealing from you. Um, he ends up siding with them, like the people that he was there to stop and, you know, says, hey, I'll give you 500. I'm not giving you any more than that. Here's money for the water. And hey, if you guys are looking for work, come work for me. And um, I, I liked that exchange. I thought it was pretty cool. Like you said, yeah. they're not like super great in a fight, but um they saved his life. Like the, mm-hmm. there's the back to tank scene where that that super boss Wookiee comes in and is like, he's literally gonna kill him. He's like choking him to death. And yeah. the only reason he survives is because he recruited those guys. So I thought that was pretty cool. That was that was a pretty intense scene right there. Yeah. Yeah, and they I, I like that they didn't have like because um, I forget the character's name. It's like Chrysanthemum. Chrysanthemum. Yep. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't think he's ever been in Star Wars outside of this um, series. But I mean, someone who's like a super Star Wars fan might correct me on that. Like he's in a, a book or something. But um, I, I've never heard of him. But he's obviously formidable. They talk about how he's like basically like a um, a gladiator. Like he fought in like mm-hmm. the pit or whatever that whatever that is. And so. You know, a lot of people, he's like a celebrity kind of like a lot of people know who he is through, you know, watching him on TV or, you know, in person at the, at the Guardian, you know, or pardon me, the uh, Gladiator Games <laughs> or whatever. Um, yeah. And so, um, so yeah, so obviously he's a force to be reckoned with. They can't actually take him down because like, even, the, even though there's like five of them, they can't defeat this dude. And so they end up just like trapping him in the Rancor pit by like dropping the, the trap door underneath his feet. So I thought that was, that was pretty cool. And then we end up like, you know, putting chains on him and he tries to hand him back to the, the huts when they show up, the twins. Yeah. But um, yeah, I do that. I want to go back to that car chase. It's terrible. I like, I was, <laughs> I'm, I'm like really, really for, for I, I forgive a lot with star wars i really do i apologize for star wars all the time um stuff that people hate i'm like eh, it's not that bad I, I was watching that car chase and, I, and i'm with i'm right with you dude like i was like what are they doing some of the cgi there's like a part where they one of the bikers like like s- slides his bike underneath something i'm like dude mm-hmm. that looked like pl- playstation one graphics like it looks so <laughs> bad and you're right they're going 10 miles an hour the whole time and it, it feels slow like they, they could have sped it up or they could have done a lot of things to make this look really oh, yeah. dire but it, it i never felt like anyone was actually in danger because you could just roll off of one of these vehicles and be fine like it was unbelievable yeah so yeah i i do like the major domo character that like coward that works for the mayor um i think he's really funny um you know he basically is like hey let me get the mayor for you and then like he, he like runs out the back and like takes off i thought that was kind of cool um and ultimately he's the one that like you know points them to the pikes because you know he they have to get some information and they get it from the major domo i don't know that we'll ever see the mayor again um yeah but um but yeah major domo basically, yeah he's awesome like I, I think he's just really funny to watch um there there's you can point to a few characters in Star Wars that are kind of like that, but um, you know, C three PO is kind of similar. Like, like C three PO is not a fighter. Like, he basically yeah. like, you know, when he when there's danger, he panics and runs and screams. Like, mm-hmm. and that's kind of a major demo to me. And I just I I think he's really fun to watch. But um, I think one of the coolest 
um, things and I'm, they will definitely pay it off in the finale. I'm thinking, but um, was the rank or a gift? I thought that was awesome. Like the, the yeah. twins were like, Hey, we're out. We're out. Um, you know, sorry for, you know, um, trying to kill you or, or I, I don't know. I, they're trying to step in on your territory at least. And um, our apologies, please accept this rancor as, as a token of our, our sympathy and um, you know, please don't kill us, you know, basically type of thing. And uh, we learned about rancors in this episode. Like there's not really much that's known except, you know, Luke completely just destroys one in um, I think it's return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, that's all we've ever known about Rancors is just from that one scene. And so we learned that they're like actually not that aggressive. Like they actually can be like pets. Um, they're like really yeah. nice and docile. Um, unless they're threatened, then, you know, they obviously go ballistic, but they can actually be very loving creatures, um, kind of interesting. And then um, that when they're a calf, like this, this is like a baby Rancor, they imprint on the first person that they see so that's why they yep. have, have like blinders on his eyes and so he's like take take him off i want him to see me first and he's like i want to ride this thing and i was like yes like i would love nothing more for the finale of which we're going to get you know see the finale here in about five days as of this recording the re- finale with um boba fett riding a freaking raincore into battle like yeah I, that'd be pretty <laughs> crazy <laughs> so yeah, I thought I thought that was pretty cool too. Um, there's not much in the in the past. Like every episode we've gotten has been kind of 50-50. Like we've seen a lot of uh, flashback, and then you know for fifty percent of the time, and then uh, present day, the other fifty percent of the time, this was not one of those episodes. Like really, the only thing that we saw at all in the in Where the, the Tuscans game massacred. Yeah, which that was a big scene, but it was a quick scene. Like it was over in yeah. just a couple minutes um but yeah I, we need needed that we needed something to transition him away from the tuscans the 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 flashback stuff is going so fast like they have to cover years worth of of material mm-hmm. and so they're just they're just giving us the highlights okay we're here's one scene fast forward eight months here's another scene fast forward a year you know like they're having to go pretty fast um and so you know, it feels like it's jumping really fast, but they kind of have to do that in the time that they have allowed for the show. And the the Nikto Sand Riders or whatever, um, you know, just completely just um, burn to the grounds, like the entire Tuscan Raider camp. And, um, you know, he ends up paying his respects and burns the bodies and then basically goes out on his own, takes his mantha and, you know, and leaves basically. And now he's like a lone, lone, lone ranger in the, in the sands. So... That's about all I had on that episode. Um, did yeah. you have anything else you wanted to uh, talk about? The only thing, I mean, it was just, um, I didn't see this cameo coming, but the guy who helps him train uh, the beast, he's, uh, what's his name? I can't even think oh, yeah. of his name. But he's uh, a... He's a pretty well-known actor when it comes to action movies. Um, yeah, and by the way, the, the director that directed that episode has had him in like oh, like half of his movies, so that's why that he's makes in sense. It. Um, yeah, it's the guy from Machete, Machete Kills. Um, yeah. Anyway, I can't I can't recall his name right now, but um, I'll look yeah, it up quick. Yeah, he. Um, 
yeah, it was it was very jarring to see him, Danny Trejo. Um, yeah, it, it was very jarring to see Trejo because, like, in, in certain circles, not in my circles, but in in some circles, Trejo is a huge actor. Like mm-hmm. people that that love Robert Rodriguez movies um, mm-hmm. have seen him over and over and over again. And I haven't seen a lot of this stuff. I've seen, I think I've seen one of the Machete movies, but um, I, I really haven't seen Trejo in a lot. He's in like one of the Spy Kids movies, I think is a yes, bad guy. He's in the first Spy Kids movie, I think, as their uncle. Okay. So, it, I mean, I don't, I'm not super familiar with him. Again, I've seen him in a couple things. Um, but for other people, like, like people love there are people out there that love Danny Trejo and so like Mm -hmm. um for him to be in this in this series is just like a one-off very small character he obviously did it as a favor to Robert Rodriguez but like it's it was so weird to see like a huge maybe not a-list but like definitely a high b-list actor um in you know was basically like a cameo five-minute scene um yeah in, in Book of Boba Fett so yeah that was that was intriguing um and that's really all i have from episode three yeah so without again without spoiling five and six this is um just more of the same like we're still episode three is still kind of okay you know just going through the motions telling the story that they set up in episodes one and two it's it's very much Mm -hmm. you know by no pun intended by the book boba fett stuff um (laughs) so way to um, go phil yeah, thank you. I came up with that all by myself. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's about to get crazy in episode five, but um, let's do episode four next. Uh, we'll jump into that. Now, um, this one's a little bit of the opposite. I um, Most of what I wrote down in my notes is past. It's a, it's a lot of flashback um, yes. in this episode. It maybe... almost is completely flashback until the end. Yeah, which... Up until, again, no spoilers yet for five and six, but um, up to this point, um, up to, to the end of episode four, all of my favorite scenes have been, almost all of my favorite scenes have been in the, in the, the um, flashback stuff. The, okay. the, what's, yeah. ha- what's, ha- what's happening now in the timeline, you know, post Mandalorian events has not been that interesting to me. Um, I think it's kind of cool. Just, the twins are kind of cool. Um, again, you know, it's neat to see the Rancor again. Um, you know, the, the stuff with the mayor, I guess, is all right. Um, I've not been like super captivated by that stuff, but the, how did he get to the point that we see him in Mandalorian is what I've been wanting to see from the show. And Mm -hmm. so for me, episode of the first four episodes, episode four is one of the best ones for me, just because it gave me more of what I was wanting to see, which is, um, how did we get to this point? So yeah, so what were some of your, your um, takeaways from 4? You just w- watched it last night, right? Yes, I just watched it last night. That is correct. Um, one of my biggest takeaways is I'm not going to spoil where we're going in Episode 5 yet, but yeah. I feel like the direction they headed with Episode 4 was very obvious of what you were going to see in episode five and six. Yeah. I feel like I would have never called it at the beginning of the show, but I feel like in episode four, it definitely gave you a blueprint of where they were headed. And I mean, the relationship 
I mean, we've talked about this several times during this show, the relationship between Fennec Shan and Boba Fett. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of been a mixed bag from here. And I guess it kind of makes more sense in this episode, knowing that he saved her life. Yeah. They needed that big time. (laughs) And that's kind of why she tags along with him. But I mean, I'm still not like on this episode. I, I still wasn't sold until the ending. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to the ending here in, here in a little bit. Cause that's going to set up, that's going to cascade right into five for sure. But um, yeah, I, uh, I've been pretty vocal on, on this podcast about just, I, I just don't love Fennec Shands as a character. Um, I don't think she's like, you know, badly acted. I don't, I don't think it's Ming-Na Wen's fault at all. Like, I, I think she's fine as an actress. Um, she's not like my favorite actress, but I think she's doing fine. But um, I just don't think the character has given, been given a lot of purpose, a lot of, certainly not a, a lot of background until this episode. And um, not, not a lot, just not a lot to do. Like she just basically just kind of stands around and advises Boba Fett and lets him do all the talking. And it's just like, yeah, uh, like I, what, what are you, what are you doing? Like, what, what are, why am I watching this character? Why do I care about this character? And for me, I needed episode four badly because I, up until this point, I was just like, Oh, come on. Like just write her out of the show. Like what is, yeah. what is going you know, Why do we even need to see, see her in this? Um, but yeah, I, the fact that episode four started off within the first 30 seconds or a minute or whatever of, of him finding Fennec in the shands, uh, shands, Fennec shand in the sand. <laughs> Oh, that was not on purpose. Um, Fennec in the sand. Um, it, you know, basically, right after the, it, the what is a flashback in this show is actually after the events of Mandalorian season one, and it, it took me right back to Mandalorian season one when you and I were were reviewing that episode. And the big question at the end of that of that episode was was that Boba Fett? Like, were those his spurs yep. or whatever? And um, you know. We didn't, I mean, by the end of um, season one and season two, now that we had those in the rearview mirror, it's like, okay, well, yeah, that's, I'm sure that was him. But this was like the first like real confirmation of like, no, that was legit him. He found her, saved her life. And not not just like, you know, patched her up, gave her, slapped a few band-aids on it, literally like reprogrammed her body, like put all kinds of... you know, took her to a place to get like all kinds of metal parts put in. So like her stomach and like, you know, the core of her body and stuff like that. She's basically half robot now. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. Like, I was like, okay, like it, it makes, there's w- one point later in this, I think it's this episode where he's like, I, I release you. Like, you know, your debt is paid. And she's like, no, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to keep, keep with you. Like, I'm going to, you know, hang out with you some more. Um, like, I think she really feels not like love or affection for Boba, but true respect. Like you could have left me in the sand to die and yeah. you saved my life. So um, I think she owes it. It's like life for life type of thing for her. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, we see the shit. Them get the sh- Oh, go ahead. Yeah. That's, that's where I was headed to. So just go ahead, Phil. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Um, and then we've been wondering where uh, 
Boba Fett's ship has been during this whole thing. And we realized that who's ever running Jabba's organization at this point has the ship. And so this is where we first see Fennec and Boba Fett really in action together. And it's basically kind of like a heist type thing where they're just trying to steal the ship back. And I mean, it's not probably the best action we've seen, but I mean, it was a pretty good scene for what we've gotten up until this point. And I feel like stuff we see in five and six kind of dwarfs what we saw in episode four, but I mean, it was pretty good. And I was impressed with it for the most part. And I mean, I don't really think this episode really changes my opinion of Fennec Shan at all. I'm still just kind of like, you know, she's an all right character. She'll never be my favorite character in the show. But for the most part, I enjoyed episode four. Um, I would definitely say I needed what happens at the end of the episode because I don't know how long I could have withstood Book of Boba Fett as a whole with the direction they were headed. Yeah, I'm right there with you, dude. I, I was pretty high. I was higher on the first couple episodes than you were. Um, I remember you coming in kind of going like, eh, it's okay. I, I don't know. I'm not really feeling it. And I was kind of like, again, you know, I'm the Star Wars apologist. So I was like, oh, it's not that bad. But then like by the end of th- episode three, I was like, okay, <laughs> like, <laughs> where's this going? <laughs> like, you need to give me yeah. something. Um, and and yeah, about the middle of the way through episode four, I was like, okay, I'm, we're starting to get some stuff, starting to get some stuff. We'll get into episode five and six here in a little bit, but um, I, it's not, it wasn't really until five that I was kind of like, oh, okay, this, now we're up to, you know, highway speed. Um, but up until this point, it's kind of just been slumming it at like 30 miles an hour and kind of like the, uh, the chase scene in the previous episode. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so, yeah, I, um, it was cool to see Slave One. I, I was like seeing, you know, those iconic ships. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I thought the fight, um, the very brief fight scene with the um, the chef in there with like the six arms. Yeah. I thought that was funny. That was pretty cute. Um, Fennec has this like, you know, spray bottle that acid or whatever that like burns through anything and any kind of metal or whatever. And like, she like slices his head off. Like it lo- he's, he looks like... Um, He's just going to sli- slice and dice them, you know, and mm-hmm. with all these multiple, you know, kitchen knives and it's over in like two seconds. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, yeah, I think for the, I, I'm with you. I think most of the heist was just like, okay, this, they're going to fire some blasters, get in the ship and fly out. Like I kind of see where this is going. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I think, I think the meats, we'll get to the present tense here, here in a minute, uh, less than a minute, but um the i think what's the most interesting part of it it's it's neat to see him and fennec imprinting on each other and working together because there's a mutual respect so like that's something we just was completely missing till this episode i think we really needed it 
but I think the most intriguing conversations in this, in this episode are when he's talking about how I'm done working for idiots and mm-hmm. like the, the bounty hunter life, which has been the, both of their life. Like both of them have been bounty hunters most of their entire life. Um, it, he's, he's just like, I'm done. Like that's just not a way to live your life doing jobs for people that we're smarter than we are smarter than them we can we are the ones that can take you know the the treasure for ourselves and take this world this bull by the horns why aren't we doing that and i I thought that was that was neat like to see a bounty hunter really wrestle with what am i even doing like is this is this the kind of life i want to be living and um I think ultimately she comes with him, not just because she owes him, like you saved my life, but also because mm-hmm. I think she really is buying into that, that, that idea of, no, let's, t- let's, we, we are the masters of our own lives, our own domains. We can, we can carve out our own story. We don't have to be a part of somebody else's story. And I found that captivating. I, I thought that was really intriguing to watch the two of them on screen, like turn that corner uh, in their minds. So yeah. So yeah, that was that was for me the most important part of the of the flashback part of the episode was watching them um, come around to that new line of thinking, um, which obviously mm-hmm. leads up to him eventually taking the throne and and you know becoming you know this king or whatever. Um, yeah. So, um, so yeah, they at one point he even says, you know, let's form a tribe. Like the two of us will be a mm-hmm. tribe. And that's, that's a, again, a, a huge theme from Mandalorian, you know, um, Mando straight up looks at Grogu at one point and says, you are my tribe. Like, you know, like, they want, I think Filoni from Book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian is trying to give us this overarching theme of like, you know, who is your tribe and who, you, and we'll get to, there's a lot of, about that that we can discuss in five and six, but like, um, of, you know, what's more important living the solo life, you know, the bounty hunter life where it's just you against the odds, or is it better to team up with people who are, are like you and your tribe? So again, there's a lot more discussion and what happens in five and six on that theme, but um, it started to kind of show itself in four a little bit. Um, But let's get to that. Let's get to the present day um, stuff. You want to jump into what, what happens there? Yeah. So basically, um, when we get to the present day, Boba Fett basically uh, assembles all the tribe leaders and they're basically having a sit down that basically an understanding where if the syndicate comes calling their name, then you're just going to remain neutral. And because a lot of what we've gotten to this point on Tatooine is that's pretty much everybody for themselves. And so Boba Fett basically is having an understanding with these leaders that when the time comes and they most likely will come to talk to you, you just need to remain neutral. And then I will just take care of it is pretty much the type of response that I get from this. Yeah. He, he basically, to, you know, to just kind of rephrase what you said, like, he's basically like, you know, you're either for me, like you're on my side and you're going to help me, or you're just not going to get in my way. 
Like <laughs> if, you, yeah. if you're not gonna if you're not gonna fight with me, like just do do me the favor, just get get out of my way <laughs> so I can take care take care of business. So um yeah, I, I like the way that he's um so the, what a lot of what you and I discussion was over the first couple episodes of this of the show was we felt like the show was gonna be a lot about like what kind of leader do you wanna be? Um, and I feel like it's it's kind of actually transitioning out of that a little bit um, with the second half of the season. I think I really really feel like the first half of the season is marked by that theme of of do you want to be the controlling, domineering, you know, uh, tyrant that Java was, or do you want to be the leader that tries to bring in people and welcome people and yes, be feared but not like you know cruel to like everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but I think we're kind of, we're basically put that to rest. Like, I think that that discussion is over in the show and then it's going now to like, who's on my team. And if you're not on my team, that's fine, but get out of my way. Um, and I like this new Boba. Like, I like that he, he acknowledges that he can't do it on his own. He's like, okay, I need recruits. I need Fennec. I need, you know, uh, Santon, Um, I need, um, you know, uh, this rancor, like I need like all this help. I can't do it on my own. Um, and, um, which kind of, it kind of, uh, talks about themes that we've talked about through this show about how weak Boba Fett really is. Yeah. And so you're definitely thinking at this point, well, how on earth is he going to defeat the syndicate, um, by himself? Right, right, and so yeah. Then I mean, basically, the 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 episode ends with that, you know, prepare for war. Like we need to, you know, if we can't get muscle, we're going to buy some. Um, and yeah, I think I think you and I, you know, we've been kind of middling. I think on this episode, we've certainly talked about some things that we liked. I think we would probably be a lot higher on it if we were re- reviewing this right after it aired, like before we see. Yeah. Like we haven't seen five and six at all yet, and we're talking about this episode. I think it's a very different conversation. Um, this, unfortunately, we're gonna we're gonna get to five and six here in about thirty seconds. Five and six completely overshadows this episode, and I think that's unfortunate. And I, I'll talk. Mm. I have a lot more to say about that here in here in another twenty minutes or so. But um, I I think this episode in a vacuum, you haven't seen five and six yet. I think is actually a pretty good episode and it definitely gets you excited for what, Oh, oh what could that mean in episode five? Um, and you know, we, we know what it means, but like, you know, let's wait and see. Um, and, uh, and, but now that we've seen five and six, it's like, I feel like we've been like unusually not harsh. I, we've been actually, I think pretty fair on it, but um, I think we would have definitely been drinking the juice <laughs> a little bit more if we hadn't already oh, seen yeah. five and six. Um, so obviously five and six just blows up, but um so I think go ahead and we'll go ahead and tra- transition now unless there's you have a final thought on four. Yeah. So basically how it ends is um you we talked about this, how he needs muscle now. And the theme song that they or the music they end with is not the music we've get from Boba Fett, but anyone who's seen the Mandalorian knows that that's the song from the Mandalorian, the quote unquote theme song. So you're just like, oh my gosh, are we <laughs> gonna get Din Djarin? And sure enough, now into 
episode five, um, which it's titled, isn't it titled The Return of the Mandalorian? It is. the Okay, I wanted to point this out, actually, because I, I think I want to applaud Disney for doing this. Um, at least on my screen, I was watching this on my Roku TV uh, at my mm-hmm. house last night. The episodes, the episode titles are not in the in the selectable menu. Like, um, yeah. so, and maybe they'll add them after the whole season has released and they feel like a, a lot of people have had a chance to watch it. Um, right now it just says episode five or whatever. And there's chapter no title. five. Chapter yeah. five, yeah. And there's no title beside it. And I think that's really smart. I um, I don't remember if they did that with Mandalorian uh, season one and two or not, but um, I want them to do this for all their shows. I don't want to know the title of the episode until I've already seen it. <laughs> um, and so yeah, it's pretty ingenious. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like one of those moves where um, Marvel kind of got to this point where they didn't reveal the title of the movie until the movie was over. Yeah. And I, I kind of feel like, I mean, it's a similar approach to what they're doing with uh, Book of Boba Fett, where it's probably a good like five to 10 minutes before they actually reveal the name of the episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's really smart. And I, I, I really hope they keep it up. Like they just don't tell us what the name of the episode is. And so we've actually had a chance to watch it. Um, cause it, I mean, obviously the, the title of that episode spoils everything. So, um, yeah. All right, let's get into episode five and six. This is where it gets really meaty. Um, I I'll, I'll start very briefly and then you can jump into all your love for five. But, um, the, the fact that, and they, Marvel has done this a lot. I think they've done this in star Wars and, uh, Marvel, but, um, they, they continually, take your expectations and just go, okay, we're just going to blow over them. Now there've been, there've been times where my expectations have been high and then they, you know, see WandaVision or whatever, where it's, they've not met my expectations, but yeah. there have been uh, probably more times than the the opposite where I'm like, okay, we'll probably see Mando in like halfway through episode five or whatever. And then episode five starts and it's Mando on the very first scene. I'm just like, okay we're doing this like i even though the show is called the book of boba fett let's just have a mando episode why not and they just jump in with both feet and it's literally the entire episode is is mando like boba fett's almost not even in it um i was i was surprised that they took took this kind of a turn which boba fett um, is not in this episode oh at all okay that actor it's is just more, more, more Shan. yeah you're right so yeah, for for a show that is literally called The Book of Boba Fett, played by Tamora Morrison, Tamora Morrison is not even in this episode, and I mm-hmm. I just did not see that coming um, when they started the show. Um, I thought it was very clear what they were doing with this with the show that they would only be talking about backstory of Boba Fett and what is Boba Fett up to now. And it's clear in five and six, and probably in seven as well. They are just not interested in telling that story anymore. And nope. I don't know. I don't know. We can maybe have more of a discussion after we finish six, but um, I mean, I'll just insert right now my comment of I want. I am so intrigued to know what happened. Like, why? Why? Why did the show end up like this? Because I'm seeing articles online of like, you know, here's um, here's how how 
John Favreau saved the Bo- the Boba Fett show from um, being dismal. You know, like like the show was going downhill in a hurry. And as of episode five, and of course six is is crazy too. Th- that shows the whole show has been completely redeemed. Oh, okay, great. But like, I want to know like what is what is the story behind this show? Like, did they? Yeah. Were they headed in one direction? It wasn't going well. And then Favreau comes on the set one day. He's like, okay, we're going in a different direction, guys. Like, we got to pick this up. Or was this always the plan? From the very beginning, they had the whole script written where Mando was going to come in on episode five. I don't know. But it is um, it is jarring to me, like, how, how, dis- how distinctly different of a show it is now. I, like, just, I was watching this with my wife, and she goes... So are we just watching the, the Mandalorian now? I was like, kind of. I mean, this is basically like, it's it's now the Mandalorian season, yeah. you know, two point five. Like, I I don't know. It's it's so she she was very confused. She's like, why are they doing this? I was like, I don't know. But like, I mean, I'm really enjoying it. So like, I'm not upset. But it is super weird. So what are you what are your thoughts on that? And then we'll we'll get into some of the, the details. Yeah, um, I'm very interested to see what the plan was for this. And I mean, I'd say the biggest thing that we probably know at this point is the biggest resolution you could have is they're just trying to tie in everything, setting us up for Mandalorian season three. But I mean, if they did just, if they had like some people like view it, what they had originally and the people just weren't down for it and they switched it up. I mean, that was probably a great call because if we've learned anything from the first two seasons of Mandalorian is people love the Mandalorian. And I told go, go ahead. And what we had seen until this point in the first four episodes was not the Mandalorian. It was not even close to what we had seen for the Mandalorian. And honestly, if they had to change things up and they hadn't changed things up, this show probably would fall flat on its face. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I they needed to do something, that's for sure. Um I think the mock audience thing is, is a really intriguing part of this conversation um, because and I know we're like just diving into like all kinds of hypotheticals here, but I'm just saying like, you know, clearly they had the entire show produced and ready to go before they aired episode one. So I'm not saying that they mm-hmm. like listened to like the internet and real audiences yeah. and, and made a last minute change that like, that's, that's not possible. They, they had it, everything edited and done before they even ep- aired the first episode, I'm sure. So that's not what happened. But like you said, did they show, they have like test audiences that they pay, you know, they, Hey, we'll pay you come in and watch episode one. Tell us what you think. You know, a year ago, they had people watch this episode and, and episode two, episode three, episode four, and watch maybe the whole series. Tell us what you, what you thought, you know, up to, up to this point, up to episode four. And maybe they got some bad feedback and we're like, Oh crap. We, what do we do now? Like we got to do something different or maybe this was always the plan from the very beginning. I just think if it's the plan from the very beginning, why didn't they telegraph any of this? Like it's yeah. so bizarre to me that they just, 
that again, Tamora, it's, it's not to be overstated. Tamora Mar- Morrison is not in this episode at all. So like, if that was always the plan, then why not like give us some kind of inkling or introduce Mando in episode three for like two minutes or like, it just seems it's such a left turn. Um, and by the time we get to ep- yes, episode five, definitely. And, and like you said, and like, I'm, I'm saying it's a welcome left turn. I was, I was very excited to see that left turn made, but I, I, I'm just so intrigued to see if we'll ever know the answer to like why they made that kind of a change. But yeah. Um, anyway, enough on that. We may come back around, around to that after episode six, but, um, so, uh, anyway, there's so much to talk about with this episode. Where, where do you want to start? I would just start with where we pick up with Din Djarin. Um, obviously there is no Grogu. Um, we spoiler for the end of season two of Mandalorian, but if you haven't seen that at this point, I don't know what you've been watching. If you watch Mandalorian season one, you're probably really confused. <laughs> yeah. So, um, just uh, a refresher on Mandalorian season two. At the end of that, you saw Grogu going off to become a Jedi with Luke Skywalker. Um, so you're just kind of like, well, what's Din Djarin been doing this whole time? And you realize that he's kind of gone back to bounty hunter life. And he has the dark saber at this point, making him a very formidable opponent to anyone. And then he returns to his quote unquote guild. And I thought it was a, we basically get a history lesson kind of on the dark saber, which I don't remember if we got that in the Mandalorian season two, but it's kind of a refresher on whoever, uh, is in possession of the dark saber, pretty much rules Mandalore. Kind of, it's very similar to Harry Potter, where whoever has the elder wand is the most powerful wizard. So we get a history yeah, lesson on the. It's Excalibur or whatever, but yeah, it's yeah. The, so this was briefly discussed. I'll, I'll answer your question in in Mandalorian season two it's briefly discussed they go into much more detail here like than they ever did in Mandalorian yeah um and I want to say this since we're talking about it on the subject um there was if you, if you remember there was one thing that Jake and I were really upset about in Mandalorian season two finale which is that the Darksaber is just like they, they were talking about how like the, the Darksaber can't be handed can't be just given to somebody like you have to Mm -hmm. fight for it it's only in combat can it be transferred and we're talking about how like in rebels and the rebels tv show which i haven't seen uh yet i'd like to watch it um bo katan is that happens she's just given the dark saber and how like it's like no you can't you can't retroactively like change that like clearly you could just be handed the dark saber and it's fine like you don't have to do it in combat and um they they fix that problem in this episode, and the way that they fix it is the um, the guild woman. I don't I don't know what her name is. Um, the the forge forger person. Um, 
talks about how, it, okay, yes, it can be given to somebody. Just here you go. Here's the dark saber. But the consequences of that are dire. It can actually scatter. It can have the opposite effect, like where mm-hmm. Mandalore is, is scattered instead of, um, you know, brought together. And so um, that actually like fixed a gaping hole in the like canon of Star Wars um, when she said that, because it basically, you know, appeased all the nerds like me that were like, wait a second. No, you can't do that. And said, okay, no, okay. Just kidding. You can do that, but you don't want to. And so, you know, is it a little like, oh, you know, we should have cleared that out the first time. Yes. But like, it it was nice to see it addressed. Like, because I I definitely could, could see them just like not even pretending it didn't happen, but them like saying, okay, yeah, we kind of screwed up. Here's the full explanation. Um, I thought that was really cool that they did that. So. Yeah. And uh, then I don't even know if this Mandalorian has a name, but then we get a okay duel between yeah uh, this muscle guy whose family supposedly built the dark saber. His family, and, yep. So I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of that, but it was it was all it was right. slow. I think the most important part of, but you could have got this in just the training sequence is that the dark saber is like really heavy the way that he's trying to wield it. And um, she, I mean, you could have done this without, again, without the fight scene with that dude, but the, the woman is like, it's, it's heavy because you're trying to fight against it. Like it has a will Mm -hmm. of its own and you have to like, you have to work with it like as a partner with the dark saber for it to really, for you to unleash its full power. And so he's fighting against it. He wants to make it his slave and that's just not how the dark saber works. Um, so that's part of the reason why the fight scene with the dude was really slow. But again, I I'm with you. I think they could have just scrapped that whole scene. I don't, I don't think he really needed it for anything. I don't think it, it helps the story at all. Yeah. And then after that, Din Djarin basically, he, I guess, we need to talk about where he basically melts the spear mm-hmm. and he wants to give it as a gift to a youngling, uh-huh. which everybody's ears. I mean, this definitely got <laughs> Caitlin's attention because she's like, well, there's only been one youngling introduced and that's obviously Grogu. So are we going to get Grogu? And so then he, it's never shown what he basically smelts for Grogu, but then he goes on his merry ways. And now he needs a ship because also at the end of season two, I think it was the second to last episode. We saw the Razor Crest just get destroyed. Yeah, you know, and it, I'll, I'll let you talk about the, the, or I can, I don't know, the, the commercial flight that he jumps on, which is so funny to me. But um, I want to point out this, what this show is doing, it is answering all of the questions before season three starts. And I think that's so brilliant. Like, I, like there were so many hanging chads, like hanging questions at the end of episode or season two. We're like, okay, he doesn't have a ship now. How, how does he get around the galaxy? Um, he doesn't have Grogu now. What's he going to do after Grogu? Like, does he go back to his life of, of 
you know, fulfilling bounties or, you know, does he go mm-hmm. out on his own? You're like, it's, it's literally all the questions we had are, are now, I mean, for the most part answered, I mean, we'll get to, you know, episode six where things are really starting to get answered, but like it's, they answer a lot of questions in this episode. And I think it's so smart that they can do that in a spinoff show. And then when they, by the time they start season uh, Mandalorian season three, he already has his new ship. He already has new directions for his life. Like, I think that's super smart. And I, it's not something I would have ever come up with, but I'm really digging it. So, yeah. And so, so let's, let's talk about that commercial flight. Cause I, I thought that was, I was laughing out loud. I was, I was yeah. so into it. It was really funny. Yeah. So obviously we talked about how the razor crest doesn't exist anymore. And so he has to take this commercial flight, which I mean, it's very comical because Obviously, you go on a flight and you can't uh, take weapons on the flight. <laughs> so they literally won't let him go on the flight until he takes all his weapons off. And so <laughs> you're basically seeing him take all of his equipment off and put it into this box so he can board this flight. Dude, it's so great. I was laughing so hard because... And Star Wars does this really well. Like they do this kind of comedy, I think really, really good. And in all the movies, there's, there's something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, they take someone who is like a boss. I mean, this guy, you do not want to come across this guy who has missiles on his, on his wrists, a flamethrower, a, a rifle. Like this guy is, is a force to be reckoned. He will kill you in a second. Yeah. And then like, and then he's going through basically what is TSA and like has to like dump all of his weapons into this box or whatever. And then he goes in and onto the flight or whatever and sits in coach. And I was, I, I was just like, I, I was watching this again with my wife and I was like, dude, he's, he's sitting in freaking coach on, on like an airplane. <laughs> I, 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 this is so great. So um, yeah, I really enjoyed that scene. It had nothing to do with like any major plot points, but mm-hmm. they're they so good at like inserting these little com- uh, comedic, moments and i will say this and again it sounds like we're super super harping on book of boba fett the rest of the show but by comparison i mean it's it's hard not to but that was that is a huge part of what was missing during book of boba fett um were, were there any like really hilarious moments in the first four episodes of, of boba fett um just a, a couple no. lines here and there that are kind of like chuckle worthy maybe but um this is what was missing man like i i watched that that flight, the commercial flight scene. And I was laughing out loud and I was like, Oh my God, thank, thank God. They're, they're bringing some comedy back to the show. Um, it, it was really needed. And that spins really nicely into Pelimoto, the, the mechanic, which is the next thing we see in the mm-hmm. episode. She's great. I, I, I put her in every season of every star Wars show in at least one episode. Um, she is really funny and dude, the, Freaking like she's talking about like dating. I j- dated a Jawa for a while. They're quite furry. I'm, I, I'm like, dude, this is this is awesome. Um, more levity, please. Like, it, it it's she's so good at it, and she brings that so so effortlessly that it just feels right at home in Star Wars. So, yeah. What do you want to talk about from from just there's a, there's a pretty extensive. This is the most we've ever seen of her in a single episode. She's she's in probably ten minutes of it, um, and I I really enjoyed kind of watching her and those little droids like put together this this uh ship yeah um at first you just kind of think well she's really off her rocker because 
She's literally <laughs> giving him a ship that's basically junk. And you're just like, this isn't going to fly whatsoever. And then it's just funny watching them like work together. And then the whole stuff with the Jawas is just comical. Going back to, of course, the early seasons of Mandalorian where he has the run-ins with the Jawas trying to take his armor and stuff. And it's just comical. And you're just like, there is no way this thing will even... They'll be lucky if this thing <laughs> gets off the ground. Yeah, which they've done, they've done that kind of thing in Star Wars before. Like, um, it, Mostly it's about the, the Falcon, Millennium Falcon. They, mm-hmm. they, you know, people are like, you know, oh, that, that hunk of junk or whatever. Like, you know, that, that thing's garbage. You know, um, everyone's always kind of talking about how the Falcon, the Falcon sucks as a vehicle. And mm-hmm. it, was kind of, it was kind of cool to see that with this here. But um, she speaks Jawa, which I don't know that I've seen... I mean, I, whenever when someone speaks to a Jawa, like it, going all the way back to the original 1977 Star Wars movie, um, yeah. they just speak they just speak English, or I think it's called Common or something like that in the Star Wars universe. Um, but the, the Jawas don't speak it, so but they can understand it for some reason. So, but you're always discussing, you know, uh, uh, debating deals and stuff like that with the Jawas in in Common, like with them. But she actually has like learns Jawaese or whatever and it's presumably because she had a relationship with a jawa which is super weird but like really funny and um at one point like the jawas come in and she's talking to him and 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 she's like she's like um yeah you know we broke up or whatever and and one of the jawas like spits spits out something that's not translated and um she's like no no i'm good i'm just working on me right now i'm like this is great i love this um so um Anyways, they get the ship up and running. Uh, he does; it does get into the air. It's a little, you know, shaky at first, but um, he starts flying around, and then, freaking Beggars Canyon. I, I'm not like a huge like proponent of Episode One. There are people out there that think <laughs> Episode One's a terrible movie. I'm not. I'm, I'm not in that camp. Again, I'm the apologist or whatever. But um, I, I also acknowledge it's not the greatest Star Wars movie. But I like the pod racing. Like in that movie is, mm-hmm. I think it's really, it's really thrilling. And dude, when he, when she says, "Oh, go through Beggars Canyon," and he, he dry, he flies through Beggars Canyon, not on a pod racer, but in his ship, and does basically like half of the pod race that we just saw in that movie. I, I, I mean, call it nostalgia, call it fan service. I was, I was beaming, absolutely beaming during that scene. I was like, "Yes, this is awesome." We haven't even seen this since you know 1999 mm-hmm. uh, when that movie when that movie came out. So um, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, um, that was very. I mean, of course, anybody that's seen Star Wars knew what that was a throwback to, but it was pretty legit watching him just maneuver through that, and not a pod racer, but a ship. Yeah. And those are skinny, like Beggar's Canyon is really skinny. Like in the, in uh, the Phantom Menace movie, like that, that Canyon can hold two, maybe, maybe three, but a lot of times just two pod racers side by side. And they're, even then they're like scraping against the sides of the Canyon. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, we didn't talk about, we've kind of buried the lead on the, and this is basically like from Princess Amidala's um, reign of Naboo. It's a Naboo um, space fighter or whatever. Starfighter, 
Mm-hmm. Um, she talks about like at one point, Pelimoto, the mechanic says like, um, you know, it's from, you know, some, from some queen from Naboo or whatever, from her reign or whatever. So like, it's, it's basically, it's from, it's from Amidala and um, maybe left there from the events of Phantom Menace. We don't really know, but it, it was just so cool to, to see that throwback. And then for him to like, just weave through these very thin uh, canyons, like it just shows off his, his piloting prowess. So um pretty cool he goes up into space and basically gets pu- pulled over by a couple cops um just more more humor uh, more levity um i thought that was really funny um and then he, t- yeah. he takes off he takes off really fast and they're like oh is he going to hyperspace he's like no those are those are just normal thrusters <laughs> like he's 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 basically modded this this thing to be you know crazy fast so and then how's the episode in it's uh fennec Fennec shows up basically and says yep. like, Hey, uh, do you want some work? And then she's like, we'll pay you. But he's like, no, I'll do it. I'll do it for free. I'll do it as a favor. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Anything else on, I mean, this is Mando's episode. Like just call this, call this episode 2.5 of Mandalorian, yeah. like uh, from for beginning sure. to end. Um, it was great to see him back. He looks just as good as he did in Mandalorian. Um, he's just as, uh, foreboding he's just as funny um i mean he um like you know the actor's name but he's he's so good in this role and um i i told jessica again i i at this point i feel bad i almost feel bad for tamora morrison i really do because i like he completely upstages him in the in this show mm-hmm. like oh yeah we how how terrible is he gonna feel when he realizes in six months that everyone that watched this show is talking about this episode or the one that we're about to talk about and not Tamora Morrison's episodes. He did four of them before this mm-hmm. and no one's going to talk about those episodes. I feel bad uh, for him because if he had gotten the whole show all to himself, I think you're right. I don't think it would have been a, a force to be reckoned with kind of show, but boy, um, he has really gotten the short, the short end of the stick here. Like yeah. this is, this is clearly going to be the only stuff people are talking about right now. So, yeah. Um, anyway. Um, so that sets up episode six. Um, and we're going long on this episode, but we got a lot to cover. Uh, we'll, we'll probably do a shorter episode next week on, on a, um, a finale of Boba Fett, but, uh, we wanted to get through all this stuff before we get into that. Um, all right, episode six. You you take it first, man. It's like uh, cameo the episode. <laughs> yeah. So at this point, uh, Dinjarin at the end he says he needs to go see a youngling, and everybody's just like, "Oh my gosh, are <laughs> we actually going to get Grogu?" And <laughs> so he flies to the location of where Luke is and we don't see Grogu, but we do see R2D2 and some other droids. And you're just like, well, maybe we're not going to get Grogu. And all of a sudden, then they cut to another scene. And not only do we get Grogu, but we get Luke Skywalker training Grogu. I was speechless. I like I I paused the show once I saw Luke yeah. on screen and I was like I looked at Jessica and I was like what is going on right now <laughs> like mm-hmm. I I didn't think we'd get Mando 
in this season. Yeah. Now we're getting Mando, Grogu, and freaking Luke Skywalker. What in the world? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she was like, she's like, Did, was anyone predicting this? I was like, I don't think anyone even remotely was predicting this. This is insane. We didn't. Yeah. I, Grant, I, I went. I went back and listened to our episode of our podcast. I listened to our own podcast um, okay. of us reviewing the season two finale of The Mandalorian. We had Jake on as a guest. It was all three of us. We were making predictions for what are we going to see in season three, and it's so funny to go back and like listen to those predictions now. Um, uh, I, I won't say who, which one of us, but one of us predicted we'd probably never see Grogu again. Um, one of us predicted that, uh, we certainly won't see Luke ever again. Like that, that was a one-off, you know, they won't play that Trump card ever again. Um, you know, Luke completely upstaged Mando. They're not going to do that again. Um, not only does he like come into like a Mando story, but also a Boba Fett just completely just, you know, in some sense, you know, upstages them. Um, we were way wrong. Like we, we, like some of the things that we were predicting for Mandal- that would not happen in Mandalorian season three happened before Mandalorian season three. Like it's that's how much of a shock this was. I think to the system as I was watching it. So yeah, and I mean, this show could easily be just called the reunion show. <laughs> yeah, because then uh, shortly after that, we get Ahsoka. Yeah, I was, I, and at this point, I'm just laughing. Like, I, I look over Jessica and I was like, okay, all right, who else is going to come in? <laughs> yeah, and so, I mean, it is great. And uh, the big thing we don't get is we don't get a reunion from Din Djarin and Grogu just because Ahsoka says that he really misses you. And he won't be able to focus on his training if he sees you, basically. And what was so? What was uh? I, I want to know what your reaction to that was. What was Caitlin's reaction to that? Does she want to see Mando and Grogu together? Uh, I'd say she wants to see Grogu more. Yeah, which she got I a mean, lot of that. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like anybody that likes Grogu wants him to end up with Mando because we all know what happens if Grogu stays with Luke. Then you have the whole thing, episode seven, where Kylo Ren destroys the whole school, kills everybody except Luke. So you really don't want that fate for Grogu. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was, I was at very first, I was disappointed for sure. I, I was like, ah, oh, man, like he came all, he even says like, I came all this way. I was like, it's going to suck if he doesn't even see him. <laughs> like it doesn't even talk to him. Um, but at the same time, they were trying to make a point about his training, about how important it is that you can't have any emotional attachments. And it makes sense. Like by the end, I was like, okay, I, I, res- I resolve myself i can reserve myself to resolve myself to this um that yes that was the right decision to make um but man a reunion of him and grogu would have been so sweet to watch like you know him mm-hmm. you know light up when he sees mando and stuff like that um so yeah it's it, i think they made the right call but it it was definitely like 
oh, come on. Like, you know, just let him talk to him just for a second, you know? Um, but it does show like how, how strenuous the training is, how important it is to Luke and how important it is to Ahsoka. They're like, we're not going to let you mess this up. Um, so yeah. And, and respectful. I mean, it shows how Din Djarin was like, okay, I, I, I don't understand the Jedi ways, but I can respect them. Um, so. And then I guess we can basically sum up this conversation because, I mean, I know it happens at the end of the episode, but uh, we kind of switch directions after this. But basically at the end of episode six, he Luke gives Grogu the choice of a lightsaber or the president, the present from Din Djarin, and he has to choose one. And then they cut to the credits. So yeah, the, the gift gift ends up being like chainmail. Basically, it's like Beskar. Mm-hmm. It's armor. Um, yeah, which I think that's that's very symbolic. Um, there's a reason why um mandalorians put so much effort into armor and i mean they they obviously love their weapons too um but but the jedi put so much effort into they're basically armorless like jedi don't have any like any armor whatsoever and obviously it would slow them down so that's like a lot of it but um they go into war with like a tunic on (laughs) like it's just like a robe and so you know there's very two different, very different tactics going on between the Mandalorians and the Jedi who have been, you know, from millennia have been enemies actually. But um, so yeah, him giving him a gift of armor, I think is very symbolic. Um, will he choose safety and, um, and defense or will he choose uh, risk and offense is basically his two choices. And I truly, I'm sitting here right now before we watch episode seven and I truly can tell you, I have no idea what, what choice they're going to have him make. I like, I, I, I'm with you. I think the audience wants him to choose the chain mail and, and say, thank you for the training, but I'm going back with my tribe. You know, my um, mm-hmm. Mando is my tribe, but I'm not, I'm not convinced that he'll do that. I, 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 it's 50, 50. I think it's a coin flip at this point. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think? Is, is Do you lean more in one direction than the other? I mean, I want him to choose uh, Mando for sure. Yeah. But I really don't know at this point. Um, I think, but, I think I mean, if he, in the short run, I think if he chooses Luke, I think you're right that he will they he will eventually go back to Mando. Like, I don't see him dying in in the training temple or whatever. Um, Like I, I see, I I could see this, this show, if we get the answer in this show, um, him choosing Luke and, and choosing against the Mandalorian. um, But not for long. Like I think, I think in Mandalorian season three, I think he, he, he probably changes his, his mind. So, yeah. Um, Yeah. I do the, the, the training stuff was awesome. Like he, he mm-hmm. uh, uses the force to bring like a, a frog up to his mouth, you know, to eat it. Um, yep. He, he uh, uh, Luke pull, picks up all the frogs at one point, which is great. Um, there's, we get, a, you know, a little bit of 
Return, I think it's Return of the Jedi or Empire, but one of the movies where you see Luke like with doing the Yoda backpack stuff mm-hmm. um, again, but it's Grogu backpack this time, and uh, that was awesome to watch, especially with it, you know, being actual CGI Luke, you know, looking like he did back in 1983. Um, all the quotes, like Luke quoting. Um, Yoda size matters not, you know, stuff like that. I I was just, I was just in awe, man. I, this whole episode was just one huge freaking love letters to star Wars fans. And it was directed by Dave Filoni. Um, It's one of the only ones he's directed. I I don't know. I don't think he's direct. He might've directed episode one. Um, He only directs like one or two episodes a a season. Like um, Bryce Dallas Howard did episode five. Um, But uh, he directed this one. And I think, there's a big character reveal at the end of this episode that we'll get to in a second, but I think is a lot of the reason why he wanted to take the helm. But um, anytime you just know that if you know that uh, Dave Filoni is going to be directing an episode, get ready. <laughs> it's going to be a yeah. roller coaster of an episode. Everyone's going to be in it. It's going to be insane um, fan fiction stuff. Like, um, and that's exactly what we got. Very true. Uh, so yeah, I wrote down like, when Ahsoka came in, I was like, Ahsoka, what? And I was like, okay, I've completely forgotten about the Boba Fett story at this point. <laughs> Cause it's, it's just like, I mean, just in love with everything that's happening. And I've completely forgotten about Boba. We haven't even seen Boba in like an episode and a half at this point. Um, Ahsoka says, I'm, a, I'm an old friend of the family. Of course, referring to Anakin. Um, at one point, uh, Ahsoka challenges him. He's like, are you, are you wanting to see Grogu? Are you doing this for Grogu? Or are you doing it for yourself? Um, yeah. kind of you know um, stops him in his tracks a little bit and then um, and then yeah so good says hey I tell you what if you really want to give him this gift I, let me deliver it so he doesn't see you yeah um, uh, anything from, from the training that, that you liked mm. I mean the frog part was pretty clever and then the homage to uh, Luke's training with Yoda was good too. Yeah, and dude, he gets pretty good by the end. It's like towards the end, Grogu's like jumping around, flipping on rocks, um, you know, b- bouncing across the, the the river creek or whatever. Um, I was like, okay, this is cool. And at one point, Luke says, like, it's it's not so much that I'm teaching things, but I'm he, I'm helping him remember. And so it's like he's this he's already had all this training in the past, but something happens. Maybe call it the Order sixty six or whatever, but like something happened where he just forgot all of his training uh, some traumatic event. And so it's, he's not really doing much. He's just kind of unlocking lost memories um, of, of previous training that he's had uh, in the past. So, but yeah, it's cool to see him like be like a legit Jedi um, flipping around and stuff like that. Um, so I was listening to our Mandalorian season two finale episode, like I said earlier, and mm-hmm one of the predictions we made was that we'll never see the training like that. That will not be, be something that they will ever show us on screen. It'll be referenced. They'll talk about it. Maybe show like a very quick, like 30 second. Oh, here's what we did on this planet. But th- like, we won't get an extended training. That was like a very firm prediction that we made. That was way wrong. Like yeah. th- that's like five or six minutes of this episode is literally just him and Grogu spending time together and the CGI looks freaking amazing. I'm just mesmerized by every, every frame. It just, it, it, I'm, my brain is fooled into thinking that's really young Mark Hamill. Like it's really him. So I don't know how mm-hmm. they, how they, 
how they can pull it off. It seems impossible. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, and it just makes you think like how much money did they spend on this? <laughs> oh yeah. This, just this episode. I mean, they spent a lot on Boba Fett as a series, but I mean, I know what they, what time and money they spent on just the, the final two minutes of the Mandalorian season two finale. And this is way longer than that. They probably spent a ton of money to get this going. I almost wonder if they didn't start working on this scene, like even before they started shooting Boba Fett scenes, like I, it, it would have taken a long time. Um, again, unless they had to do a left turn or something, but um, we, we can't finish. We can't wrap up this episode, uh, episode six without talking about Cad Bane. So um Cad Bane, I'm guessing, is is probably not a character you were familiar with. You would only know him from like yeah. animated series. Um yeah. I, I could I could be wrong, but I think I'm almost positive he only shows up in the Clone Wars and he might show up in Rebels, but again, I, I have not even seen Rebels, all of it. I've seen the first season. Um and so um he is quite literally not a live action character. He never has been. So um for, for Star Wars fans that have watched everything Star Wars, um, I've watched almost everything Star Wars. This was a huge, huge moment. So um, for me, like Ahsoka was the one I wanted to see the most from the animated series. And we got her last season of Mandalorian. Um, I never, ever thought we would get Cad Bane. But if you had asked me, and I think I, Jake did ask me off mic like a year ago, who would you want to, who else? Okay, now cat's out of the bag. Anyone can come in from animated series. Who do you choose? I'm pretty sure I told him Cad Bane. Like, I was like, I would love to see Cad Bane more than anything. Um, when the, it's that long shot, like Cad, Cad Bane is way off in the distance approaching this town, Freetown with Cobb Vamp, which that's another cameo we didn't even talk about was the marshal. Um, he's way off in the distance. All you can see is the brim of his hat and his like, his profile, how skinny he is. And I was like, dude, they're not going to do Cad Bane, are they? And I didn't know that D- Dave Filoni had directed the episode. So I, I had no expectations. Then you see him a little closer. I was like, I think that's Cad Bane. And then he, you know, he, he the brim of his hat goes up and you see his face. I'm like, they're freaking doing it. It's, it's Cad Bane. And he mm-hmm. starts talking and it sounds exact. It's the same voice actor as the animated series. I know like that didn't hit for land for you as it did for me, but I was out of my seat. Like I was jumping up and down going, no, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't. Holy crap. Holy crap. Holy crap. Like it was, it was an amazing, amazing moment to watch. Uh, I couldn't believe that they were doing it. It was, it was so cool. And how he just like slays Cobb Vanth like he's nothing in that scene. It just reminded me of how much of a force this guy really is. Like he is, he is not someone to be messed with. He's a bad dude. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I, I really have no background with him. I read an episode on or an article about him, but that's about it. Um, yeah. When I saw the figure approaching, I threw out, well, is this Moff Gideon? Cause this is basically like the reunion show. And, yeah. But, but it wasn't, but I mean, I've heard from you and from Jack that he's a bad dude. So, I'm interested to see what's going to happen. Yeah, I know. I know for sure he's gone toe to toe with Jedi before and held his own. Um, I, I, I'm trying to remember if he's killed a Jedi or not. I don't think he has, but someone who's listening to this might actually correct me on that. Maybe he actually has killed a Jedi. But he goes, he fights Jedi in the in the series, 
and survives and like gets away. Like, you know, like it's, it's a, uh, he's definitely someone to be, to be reckoned with. So um, I don't know where that's headed. Like it's, you would think it's going to be some kind of big showdown between Boba and, and Cad at, in episode seven, but, um, but who knows? Um, I, I would love to see more of him. Certainly you don't just introduce a character like that and then just, you know, never show him again. Um, but yeah. dude, I visually and audio, I, he is, he is the spinning image of the animated series. And I, I couldn't have been more thrilled. It was, it was so cool to see him. So that was a huge, huge love letter moment. But yeah, think about like all the cameos. It's, you know, whether you know of Cad Bane or not, he's a big uh, cameo. Um, the Marshall, Ahsoka, Luke, Grogu. Like it just goes on and on and on. I, by the end of it, I was like exhausted. <laughs> I was like, I need to, I need to sleep after watching that episode because I was just like, just, you know, being stretched the whole time. So um, yeah, yeah, that was really cool. And then we talked about the the very last scene already, which is, you know, make your choice. So um, I, I'll end with this. I, I, I just, I love the juxtaposition of these two ideals of the Jedi versus the Mandalorians. Um, you know, do you depend on your emotional attachments or forge your own path um, is basically mm-hmm. the, the decision that he's going to have to make. So, um, you know, are you strong because you depend on others or are you strong because you don't need others? Um, and I, I'm very interested, int- intrigued to see how that conversation continues with not just the show, but, um, Mandalorian as well. So, yeah. um, we've been recording for a couple hours. Grant needs to, to go. <laughs> He's got, um, an appointment that he needs to get to, um, wish Grant a happy birthday, by the way, if you're listening to this and you uh, know Grant, or even if you don't know Grant, um, you can send, um, happy birthday wishes to Disney plus reviews at hotmail.com. Uh, it's, uh, by the time you listen to this, it might actually be his literal birthday. Um, it's his birthday on, on Sunday. So, um, February 6th. So, yep. uh, happy, happy birthday to you. Thanks for spending part of You're going to a birthday celebration with your family tonight. So thanks for yep. recording to me on, on the same day as that, but, um, no we problem. Wanted, to get, so. wanted, to get, wanted to give this out to listeners. So, um, I will be back here in a second to finish up the show, uh, here without grand, just going to do the, um, what's new on Disney plus this week, uh, here in a second, but, uh, thanks, Grant, for helping me sift through just the mountain of it's a minefield of stuff in the last yeah. four episodes of Boba Fett. So, yeah, no problem, Phil. Um, the one thing I'll say ending episode six is my one prediction for episode seven yeah. is we won't we won't know what Grogu Grogu decides until Mandalorian season three. Oh, uh, I like that. I, I bet you're right. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I, they're going to leave that as a huge cliffhanger, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hopefully, I really have no other predictions for episode seven. I want to see a rancor for sure. I want to see. Yeah. I want to see more of Cad Bane. Um, I want to see just everyone. Like I, it, they, they're talking about oh, it's a war. Like a war is coming. So like I want to see just like the biggest fight they've ever done in uh, small screen star wars like i i think that would mm-hmm. be awesome to watch so we shall see we're uh very close to that and that's what our last our next episode is only going to be about it's just the big finale of boba fett is certainly going to be a lot to talk about so that's going to be our yeah. uh much shorter episode next week um thanks for hanging out with me this this long grant um just to kind of catch up on all the weeks that we missed so um yeah we'll no get problem. into we'll get into what else we or uh, what else are you watching on and what's new on disney plus 
Okay, so it's just me for the rest of the episode here, but we're wrapping things up. It's been a super long. This will be one of the longest episodes we've ever done of the podcast. But obviously, we we uh, missed talking to you over the last few weeks and are trying to make up for that and catch up. So I find I will mention one thing. I've been watching something else. I've been watching on Disney Plus outside of uh, Book of Boba Fett, Star Wars stuff. Obviously, is I did finish Beatles Get Back. I think the last time. I was on the show, on the podcast, talking about it. I think I was in the middle of episode two or, well, it's part two, I think it's what they call it, or had completely finished it. I can't remember, but I had not started, I had not even started three. That is phenomenal cinema. I, 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 re- I really recommend Beatles Get Back to anyone who wants to spend that number. It's eight hours, so it's a lot. I get it. Um, but I was I was thoroughly intrigued the entire time. And um, the one thing I'll say about part three is that it, it, it includes the entire rooftop concert, which if you're, I mean, at all familiar with kind of the end of the Beatles career, everyone knows their, their final live show that they ever did was on the top of their own um, record label studio, the Apple studio. Um, And they did it illegally, which I think is, interesting i didn't know that aspect of it um they basically climbed up on the roof and and i mean the police like the fuzz like came in and like told them to get to get off the roof and stop stop um you know blasting the neighborhood with with loud music and so you get to see all of that on screen which i don't think had ever been shown before or maybe it had briefly but not in its full entirety so it was just neat to just watch the concert well a couple things i didn't know about that concert is it was very impromptu. It, it was very, um, they planned it a couple days in advance, but it wasn't like they didn't have like a full set list of songs even because they were still kind of writing them. And so there were only like, I think there's only five songs, maybe six that they do during that concert. And they did like the get back song three times. Uh, there was the very first song that they played. They played it again in the middle. And then I think it was the last song that they played right before the police came in and, and busted up the thing. So, and then there was another song that they did twice and that maybe a couple of other songs they did twice a piece. So it's, it was more just kind of like a practice jam session, but there's a lot of people watching type of thing. And there's a lot of good footage from like on the street of them interviewing people and saying, Hey, do you know who that is? That's the Beatles, blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's cool. I, even if you don't watch any of the, I think the most intriguing part of the documentary is actually the writing process for the Beatles, but i'm really into that like i i dabble in writing my own songs and and playing music and so of course that's going to be intriguing to me but if even if you don't care about that i would definitely just encourage you to just tune in for like the last 45 minutes of part three and just watch the the rooftop concert i think you'll get a good flair for their personalities and how how ballsy they were in doing this and how 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 silly they can be uh, when they get together and really have fun. So it, it's cool. It's it's definitely fun to watch. So I really enjoyed that. So uh, that's all I had for what else have you been watching on Disney Plus? I want to cover what's new on Disney Plus this week, and then uh, we will get out of here. So this is for, let's see, I'm, we're recording this on Friday episode, or Friday episode, Friday, February 4th. And so I guess I'll cover the stuff that came out today. I mean, by the time you're listening to this, you've probably already seen this, but I'll kind of quickly go through that stuff. So uh, 
Never Been Kissed is coming out. Um, I didn't know this Drew Barrymore movie was uh, Disney. It feels like it's probably a Fox thing that they acquired, but that is coming to Disney Plus today on February 4th as I'm recording this. The Real Black Panther looks like a, uh, it's not a Marvel thing. It looks like it's a documentary type thing, maybe National Geographic or whatever about a uh, Black Panther um, out in the wild in India, I think. So uh, also today, Torn. It says, on October 5th, 1999, legendary climber Alex Lowe was tragically lost alongside cameraman and le- fellow climber David Bridges in a deadly avalanche on the slopes of the, t- of the Tibetan mountain. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. Sh- sh- uh, Shishapangma, maybe. Um, so it's about them basically uh, surviving this, I think. Or maybe they died. I don't know. I should have looked this up before I started recording. Uh, that's definitely National Geographic. So if you're int- interested in like surviving the wilds kind of thing, uh, check out Torn. Also, and this is the last thing for February 4th, Snow Dogs. Dr. Ted Brooks, a Miami-based dentist, inherits a pack of sled dogs. He must learn the tricks or of the trade or lose the dogs to Thunderjack, a mountain man. Um, this looks like a movie came out in 2002, 20 years ago. So if you miss that, maybe check that one out. Um, it's got Cuba Gooding Jr., James Coburn, uh, and others in it. Cisco is in it, apparently. So, and all right, here's what's coming up for next week. Um, we're going to be um, not recording again until after these things have come out. So, I wanted to finish up with these. So, uh, Tuesday, there's one thing coming out on Tuesday, which I think they're starting to do this more not just Wednesday, Friday, but actually other days as well. So on Tuesday, February 8th, uh, Summer of Soul is coming out. And I've actually, I've heard about this a little bit. There's a little bit of awards buzz kind of surrounding this thing. And people are like really excited about watching it. So it's something, you know, definitely of interest to, to pay attention to. It, uh, it says in his acclaimed debut as a filmmaker, Amir Questlove Thompson uh, presents a powerful and transporting documentary, part music film, part hu- historical record created around an epic event that cele- celebrated Black history, culture, and fashion. So just in time for Black History Month in February is Summer of Soul, or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised, is what the name of that, the full name of that um, that documentary is called. So definitely check that out if that sounds interesting to you. And then on Wednesday, February 9th, uh, the big one, the one, the thing that we're going to be spending almost our entire time on the next episode talking about is the Book of Boba Fett, Episode 7 finale. Uh, no episode details have yet been revealed about it. Um, obviously, as if you've been hanging with us for the last couple of hours, you know, we're really excited about it. So come back next week. We're going to definitely be spending a lot of time on the finale of Book of Boba Fett. I'm very intrigued to see how they wrap all this up because it seems like it's all over the place right now. So, um, so yeah, last episode coming out on Wednesday. Snowdrop season one is also coming out on Wednesday. It is, um, looks like a Korean uh, series, obviously season one, uh, about a the forbidden romance of a young couple. Um, excitement, action, romance. Uh, yeah, it looks intriguing. I've definitely been more into Korean um, cinema recently. Like, I, you know, I talked about the um uh squid game um stuff last year when when it came out i was really into that and then uh minari was a movie that i watched and 
I've seen some other Korean stuff over the last couple of years and it's all really good. So Snowdrop is definitely one to pay attention to if you're into that kind of cinema. Uh, one for the kids on Wednesday is Alice's Wonderland Bakery. Six new episodes. I've never heard of the show. Apparently it's on Disney Junior. I feel like I should have heard about it because I have a five-year-old. Um, but she doesn't watch a lot of like live television. So if it's not on Disney Plus, she's probably not seen it. And she will definitely be into, interested in this. And I'll tell you why. We actually did watch, I, I guess one other thing I could say, and what else have you been watching? We did watch Alice in Wonderland, uh, the original film. Uh, last week she had seen it once before but she didn't remember it she was like one or two years old when she saw it and so we um watched it and then look here there's a, a new property on based on alice in wonderland called alice's wonderland bakery so it's got all the characters that you would expect from alice in wonderland um around the theme of baking together i guess and so um, uh check that out if you've got kids also on wednesday uh of next week we're looking at Assembled, the making of Hawkeye. I, I cannot believe that it took them this long to release this. I, I want to say it's probably because either they didn't have it ready, um, they couldn't assemble it <laughs> uh, in time to have it ready for, you know, a, a making of documentary to release on Disney+. Plus, Or they just had so many other things that were coming out. They wanted people to watch both of that. I, I think it's probably more likely to be the former than the, the latter. I, I don't understand why they would wait this long for a show that already wrapped back in December to finally show you the making of. So that's super weird, but it is releasing next week finally. So you can check that one out. And then last for Wednesday of next week, um, February the 9th is the wonder years. This is not your mama's wonder years. This is a 2022 um, reboot, I guess, of, of the wonder years. So it's, um, see uh, the first 12 episodes are, are releasing they're just dumping all 12 on the same day on wednesday of next week told th through the imaginative imaginative point of view of 12 year old dean the wonder years follows the story of the williams family during the, the late 1960s um so it's, it's going to be a similar kind of setting and theme to the original wonder years tv show um but it's i mean it's an all black middle-class family in montgomery alabama it's a very different as far as like the characters and and probably the story that they're going to be trying to tell so um definitely color me intrigues i i watched the original one years i don't know if this is going to be the same type of show but um it's interesting that they're rebooting it with the same name and, and changing it up so um there's that uh for, for friday february 11th which will still be um, before we record next time uh clotilda Last American slave ship, Quotilda, a schooner that carried 110 kidnapped Africans to slavery in Alabama, was the most intact slave shipwreck found to date and the only one for which we know the full story of the, the voyage, the passengers, and their descendants. Um, yeah, a, a, a cruel tra uh, tragedy and um, or descendants of the passengers share how their ancestors turned a cruel tragedy into an uplifting story of courage and resilience. Um, so yeah, that sounds very intriguing to me. I'm not, I'm not familiar with that story uh, that real story in our history. Um, but um, again, but that's right in with black history month. I, I think that's, that'd be one to check out for sure. And then the last thing, um, so there's only two things releasing on Friday of next week. This is Russia's wild tiger. Uh, this looks like another national geographic, uh, type of thing. It's about uh, big cats and um, their prey and um, just kind of life in the wild uh, being a tiger. So um, yeah, check that out if you're into 
uh, kind of animal uh, world kind of stuff. So Russia's Wild Tiger is what that one's called. All right, um, that wraps it up for this episode of Disney Plus Reviews. One, a, a big one, a long one, probably the longest one in our books. Thanks for hanging out with us this long and hearing all of our catch-up coverage of Book of Boba Fett. We will be back next week to talk about the finale, of course. If you want to hear more about uh, something that you've been watching on Disney Plus or you want to send us your own review on something that you've seen that we haven't seen, um, send us a review. Uh, we would love to include you in the show. You can just email Disney Plus Reviews at Hotmail.com. Disney PLUS Reviews at Hotmail.com. Uh, I will make sure that um, that gets read and included on the show if you want to send us uh, a request or something that you want to talk about uh, on the show. We definitely would read, read any review that got sent into us um, as long as it's appropriate for our audience. So um, thanks uh, again for listening. We will be back next week and we'll be so excited to wrap up the book of Boba Fett. Talk to you then.